Welcome to the Source Podcast, The Week in Review, episode 104. My name is Michael Crutcher. We had a great drum roll last week for our guest host, who's returned seven days later, Stephen Green. Welcome, Greeny. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. What made you come back, Greeny? Well, it was all of the uh, calls I got from talent managers throughout the week that uh, that really got me back. Why wouldn't you come back? Well, well Jordan, for that money. <laughs> it's enormous money. It's huge. Now, Jordan McDonald is still on holidays overseas. I think he's somewhere in Italy this week. Well, I mean, here we are in Brisbane, so yeah, sucks to be him. Spring in Brisbane, it's a very nice day. Greeny, of course, is the media magnet of the music world, the publisher of themusic.com.au, and Greeny, the other publications? Uh, Purple Sneakers, Kill Your Stereo, and Country Town. What's been happening in the music world this week, Greeny? Oh, it's been huge. We've had... Uh, well, I don't know. You should probably just sign up for the newsletter at themusic.com.au and you'd, you'd know everything. But uh, It's a good newsletter too. I get it every day. See, that's, uh, that's what I'm here for, the it's plug. very good. It's a very good newsletter. Lots of stories of interest. Now, we've got a few stories this week, Greeny, to talk about. One of the first ones we're going to talk about is ChatGPT, which you haven't spoken about for a while, but it's been a massive week for ChatGPT, the artificial intelligence program of course if you want to really break it down to why it's been big it's because now chat gpt can talk and it can also read the internet which is important because what it means now is that it doesn't have to go back and get things that i think we were sitting at around about 2020 or 2021 which was where chat gpt was at because that's how it was scraping its data but it claims now that it can read the internet and there's been a bunch of stories this week about that which changes things greatly if it can start to get up to date on different things because now here's an example i use greeny it's a massive weekend in um football grand finals we've got the AFL Grand Final and the NRL Grand Final. So I went to ChatGPT this morning and I said, please do me a preview story for the AFL Grand Final, which is, of course, Brisbane Lions and Collingwood. And I said, and please do me one for the NRL Grand Final, Brisbane Broncos versus Penrith Panthers, and it bombed out spectacularly. So it had the Sydney Roosters playing Penrith Panthers for the NRL and the AFL Grand Final preview that ChatGPT sent me was the blockbuster between Richmond and Western Bulldogs. So it's like if you asked me to do Grand Final (laughs) (laughs) stories. Don't go to ChatGPT, it's not there yet. I was going to say, you said that uh, it it, it now knows, uh, it can now talk. Yes. And... uh, uh, and and it seems to know what it's talking about. So it's it's like you've got a Gen Z sitting there at your disposal <laughs> at all times. Except it also knows history, so it's even better. So we have got a situation which has been a massive step in AI this week with what's happened. Now I haven't been able to use those for those uh, developments yet, and they're being rolled out to different areas, but. I'm seeing commentary on social media, one in particular on the chat GPT conversation element, which uh, someone said was really something else, being talking to chat GPT and it bringing back to you. Uh, now, uh, the also the ability from this week that's been put out there is the ability to analyse photos. So um, one of the ones was you open your pantry, you take a photo of your pantry,
pantry and say to ChatGPT, what can I make for dinner tonight? And it analyzes your photo and says, well, have you thought about this? Noodles. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. So it sees uh, your, uh, you know, your different uh, herbs and spices and says get some chicken in that and you can make this wonderful curry or whatever it might be. But so this is for chat GPT paying users. I'm not one of those at the moment. So what we're going to see is... I guess, Greeny, this is like Siri on steroids. Mm. When you ask Siri to play you a song or to navigate somewhere for you, this is now analysing uh, photos. It's You're talking to it. The talking part I'm very interested in because that's going to a whole different level. And we've discussed on this podcast before with Jordan, some of those conversations that have come through and they've been pretty creepy because the AI has taken over and almost tried to put its point of view across and got a little bit stroppy if the user didn't agree absolutely and i think there's there's that um element of it but there's also the rights element of it where you know the the biggest i said you know again (laughs) uh the, the the biggest element here is that um that the things that it's been trained on well, particularly if you're going to open it up to seeing the internet as it is now as opposed to being the historical yeah. reference only that it was before if you can get chat gpt to tell you the news why would you visit a website that's very true if you can get chat gpt to tell you gpt to tell you what's on tv tonight you don't need to look anything up there's mm. there's so many ramifications here for media because the the way that media is monetized is to have people on their site that's right. By opening up this um, as, as a thing, there's, there's going to have to be some sort of uh, money changing hands because the things that they're using as the sources for ChatGPT are going to go out of business, yeah. in which case something's going to have to give there. I know that's something that particularly uh, small publishers and large publishers are in uh, massive talks with at the moment to, to figure out just how the copyright really works in these things. So media outlet, was they will need the compensation from uh, the chat GPTs of the world because they're using their material mm. and, and meaning that punters don't have to go to those websites, if you like, or those publications. That's right. It's similar to the, the government regulations around Google and Facebook about paying for news. It's... Uh, it's very similar to that argument, and but probably even on a on a greater scale, because at least if you're going to Facebook or to Google for your news, you're generally clicking back through to the publisher's website. Yeah. With ChatGPT, if if they're telling you the news, you don't need to do that. Well, so you could wake up in the morning with this talk model that reads the internet as well, and say, you know, ChatGPT. Just give me the things I need to know that happened while I was asleep, what's happening today, and it'll do that. And you can say, hey, look, I've just got this in my fridge to make for breakfast. Here's a photo. What can I make for breakfast? That It does start to really change the point of contact for people with digital services. Absolutely. And that's the thing that people will, I think we discussed last week, people don't really know where their information is coming from at this point in time, even, even with a TikTok or, um, or, or Google. It's going to be even more marked when ChatGPT is telling you information without even telling you where the source was. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we've got also this week uh, Mark Zuckerberg, not to be outdone by some of these developments with ChatGPT this week, talking about the suite of meta apps using more AI. So we're talking here Facebooks, your Instagrams, you know, bringing AI into that, which will, you know, as far as meta's concerned, really improve your uh, interaction with that. So it's happening pretty quick, Green, isn't it? Because, I mean, we're talking ChatGPT was born to the public on November 30 last year and here we are in September and it's marched along pretty fast. Mm, absolutely. It's the uh, it's the COVID of the media world. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, to, to be honest, I'm not quite as worried about Meta. Um, that they were saying their, their, um, their studio that, that you use as a business to post on your own Facebook page is going to have AI into it. Um, I mean, I'm more than happy for them to do that, but just fixing it so that you can tag somebody <laughs> when you do a business <laughs> post would, would be a good start. So uh, I, I, I don't know that maybe uh, maybe <laughs> they should focus on getting that right and then put some AI in there. Very true. Uh, so big week there for AI. Big week as well, Greeny. We've spoken many times about the Hollywood uh, writers' strike and the actors' strike. Well, the writers, that's all over. They have done a deal with the studios and the striking writers are back. The actors still aren't back, but it looks as though from different reports around the place, the writers are claiming a very big win on this one uh, and uh, there doesn't seem to be much support media-wise for the fact that uh, that's wrong. So the writers are, are claiming that they won. Very interesting piece that was uh, from Bloomberg run in the uh, in the Australian Financial Review was about the role that social media played in this. So going back to the previous writer's strike, which really sort of preceded the big rollout of uh, social media, and there it was the the writers versus the studios and mainstream media playing the real role there. Some of the speculation now is that some of these writers really managed to get out in front of the traditional mainstream media approach of the studios and get stuck in on social media with influential people and that's being seen as one of the reasons that they had the result that they had. So I guess, I mean, we just wanted to record the fact on the podcast here that social media has been credited with a bigger role. We're seeing that a lot in work that we do here at 55 Comms, the role that social media is playing in debate, certainly greater than what it, than what it used to. But obviously you're seeing you know, the role that social media plays for your business and, and as a publisher. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, we had a story this week that we ran, uh, which was uh, one of our writers criticising Aria for uh, not treating the Hall of Fame with the gravitas that the writer thought that they should yep. have. Uh, and it's quite interesting. I mean, it, you, you see something like that take hold on social media and it causes real change there are you know top level people in the music industry right now talking about how to fix this problem where a week ago they weren't and yep. uh, yeah obviously you need the piece to start the conversation to start with but it's the social media that has kicked that story along yep. um, to the point where there's real action happening and I think it's the same with the with the writer's strike. That's a good read, that one too, Greeny, that one. I, uh, I recommend that as a read this week from... Where, where uh, can you find it again? Themusic.com.au. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's a good site, though. Very, very good. Worth <laughs> looking at here. 
Greeny, one on the that topic you one you wanted to bring in this week was a song trader acquiring Bandcamp. So why is this important? Uh, it's quite interesting. The uh, the the fight between uh, I guess well not even a fight, but the the, the difference in the music industry between the haves and the have-nots and uh, the the major labels that are making lots of money out of the Spotify's of the world and independents who don't have the large audiences that are finding it really hard to uh, to find income. And yep. Bandcamp has st- stepped into the, this breach and allowed uh, independent musicians to sell their CDs direct to fans yep. and, and have a bit of a yeah. almost a cottage industry economy and... Uh, They've just recently, uh, well, today, they've sold to Song Trader, which is a Australian company actually that uh, that started in Melbourne. They're currently based in LA. Uh, a producer called Paul Wilshire that uh, that was uh, one of the producers in the nineties produced, produced uh, Human Nature and a bunch oh, of wow, uh, okay. other artists that went on to be a, a business person and uh, is uh, not the producers aren't business people, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, doing really, really well for themselves, and I, th- I just think it's really interesting um, that that there is a model here. The it kind of plays in a little bit though to what you were talking about last week about large corporations uh, trying to swallow lots and lots of things yeah. up, and then realizing that they swallowed too much because the uh, they were actually purchased by a games company uh, last year, about eighteen months ago, actually that um, that also runs the game Fortnite uh, and they were acquiring lots and lots of different yeah. things uh, similar to what we were discussing yep. last week to, to bulk up yep. what they did and the, and the areas that they were in. 18 months later, they've realised that actually that's not their core business and they need yep. to divest. And, uh, and so now here we are um, with uh, LA-based, but Australia, we'll, we'll call it an Australian-based company that, uh, that now has their fingers on the uh, largest music marketplace in the world. That's right, because some of these big businesses, I think they just see revenue streams and the ability to add some stuff on and they've got the capital to invest. Uh, but it doesn't always work out well. We've seen a stack of them not work out well at all. Well, particularly in, in music, right? We've seen many, many people decide to jump into music. Uh, Murdoch's in, in particular, when they, yeah. they decided that they could uh, have a crack at record companies. It never ends well. Very true. Fascinating story this week, Greeny. We've mentioned this plenty of times on this podcast over the last two years, but Foxtel and Foxtel's boss, Patrick Delaney, wanted to talk about what he believes is over-regulation for Foxtel. That's to do with the anti-siphoning list, which we've spoken about many times, which is the list of sporting events that must be offered to free-to-air TV first to prevent them from only being shown on paid television, which isn't free, obviously, to access. But the other part is what we'll call and what is being called the prominence laws, which is around the federal government's likelihood that it would push um, smart TV sellers to have free-to-wear TV apps really prominent on the home screen when you go onto your TV. So Foxtel don't like this, of course, because they're not in the free-to-wear market. They're in the paid television market. Foxtel looks like it wants to maybe go into some of that space. And what they're saying is this is akin to you buying an Apple iPhone and having these mandated uh, commercial apps right prominent on your 
iPhone home screen. So there's a big debate going here about what needs to be shown. The government talks about, well, the prominence will help us keep Australian content out there, um, which is one element of the debate, I guess. But for me, what I wanted to bring it up today was because obviously on the flip side to that is the free-to-wear uh, channels and Nine, the Nine Entertainment Group, which is of course a massive media company. Then you've got Foxtel, which is owned by News Corp, which is another massive Australian media company. So I feel like you've got these two huge Australian media companies, News Corp on one side with Foxtel and you've got on the other side Nine and they both want different things here, which is going to be very interesting to see the way the federal government responds here because governments have a history of wanting to keep mainstream media happy in Australia. That's why the anti-siphoning list is there, to keep them happy. But someone is not going to be happy here. And let's see how it plays out here. But if we've got smart TVs where, you know, you've got to have your Channel 7 app and your Channel 9 app up really prominently, um, let's see how that falls. I will say though, Greeny, this week I'm a Binge customer and I received a notification from Binge that my monthly charge is going up 12.5% in one go. So last time I looked, inflation wasn't quite 12.5%. So even though Foxtel are unhappy with that, they're still going to go and jack up the price of uh, binge for people. Well, I think, I mean, we're, we're seeing the, the, the point in history now where what is mainstream media and what makes Channel 7 or Channel 9 mainstream but yep. Foxtel not or The Guardian not. Or, Absolutely. Yeah, the, the, these things are, are just moving feasts. And, and frankly... While you can still argue it, you're going to argue it, right? Yeah. If there's a potential for Channel 7 to be on the home screen of every, you know... Yeah, of course they want that. device or... Yeah. Yeah, you're going to argue for it. But at the same time, it's it's pretty rich while free-to-air channels are also arguing that they shouldn't be made to create Australian content or they shouldn't shouldn't need to create children's content or that, that we should let the market decide. But then on the flip side government had better regulate putting our apps on the home screens of Samsung televisions or people will miss out on the Australian content that we just argued we shouldn't be making. Yeah, that's a really good point. And there's probably no better example of the anti-siphoning list than this weekend. We've got an AFL grand final tomorrow, an NRL grand final Sunday night. Now, in in a whole lot of countries around the world, you're not watching those unless you're paying for it. In Australia, you get them guaranteed for free because they have to be offered for free to the commercial stations first because, or free to wear, I should say, because... That's the law. So, yeah, this is a weekend where I guess we see it. Now, I'm not saying that shouldn't happen, but there has been a long history over time of the big media in Australia getting their way. And now they're split in the different camps. So let's see where it goes from here. Well, in a world where you've got, uh, you know, apps where people are watching sport or websites where people are watching sport or, you know, many different places that, that you can stream this content what makes free-to-air TV the place that mainstream all are watching as as you see more and more people watching 7 Plus or 9 now yep. or, or those platforms, it's going to be much harder for the free-to-air networks to argue that they're any different to any of the other 
internet-based platforms. Absolutely. It's, uh, well, it's a headache for the government to see what it does with that. Look, a quick one. This came in too late for us last week. Greeny, my old boss, Rupert Murdoch, has said he or has announced his retirement as of uh, the next AGM for News Corp as Once a chair. Once he left, he had nothing to live for, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, you could maybe put it that way or he might disagree with that. Look, <laughs> what it means for Australia, look, you know, Rupert's stepping back officially in the role. The thing for me, Greeny, that I'm most interested in is that Rupert Murdoch has always been passionate about print newspapers. And I know that from being an editor for him, I would sit down with him once a year for three to four hours and he would go over my papers in detail, as in why using that font, you know, why you're putting a rule between those stories for, like, like that's the level of Rupert's, I guess, analysis of newspapers. Like he doesn't own the... Uh the uh, entertainment magazines with the exclamation marks <laughs> then, right. right? Well, if it's good for business, though. Eh? Uh, so, celebrity magazines. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so we'll come to those. Uh, so, look, I'm interested in, in, you know, what happens with print newspapers. Obviously, I love them, but I know they're under significant financial strain. Of course they are. So, Rupert is officially retiring. I don't think he's going to take a back seat. I don't see him sitting on a beach reading books, but I am interested in what happens with print newspapers in this country in the next sort of uh, 12 to 24 months. Um, I mentioned the football ratings last week, or football finals. I want to talk about the ratings last weekend briefly because we do ratings on here. So this is always, we're interested in what people are watching and why they're watching. Last weekend we had the best head-to-head analysis of the major codes in Australia because we had uh, finals on Friday night and Saturday night, AFL and NRL, head-to-head almost, almost head-to-head. Now, it was a massive win for the AFL and free-to-wear numbers. So on Friday night, the AFL prelim final, 1.02 million against the NRL's um, prelim final of 433,000 free-to-wear. And then on Saturday, the Lions game against Carlton started a bit early, but Lions 1.04 million up against the Broncos prelim final. Broncos are a big drawing uh, crowd at 730,000. So massive for the AFL last weekend. And that has to cause the NRL troubles. I don't think you'll ever hear the NRL or the ARL Commission say they're worried about those numbers, but that was a flogging. Well, I think outside the margin of error is definitely uh, something you could <laughs> apply to that uh, to that poll, right? Way outside the margin of error. That's right. That, that I mean, that doesn't include the paid television numbers, but the main game here is the free-to-air numbers, and they were massive numbers for the AFL. So the NRL needs to have a look at what's happening there because uh, that's uh, not ideal. Now, Greeny, I wanted to bring up the Google search trends this week because we uh, do that every now and again. What are Australians searching for online? So we've been back through this week's Google search trends and the top searches this week in Australia for Google were the Brownlow Medal, the AFL Best and Fairest on Monday night, and the retirement or stepping down from the Victorian Premiership for Daniel Andrews. Both got over 200,000 searches in on given days this week. Not massive surprise. Uh, not, not a massive surprise there, I wouldn't... Again, another thought. win for the AFL, I guess, because the equivalent in the NRL is the Dally M and that got about half of what the Brownlow medal searches were. So uh, it's a bit, of a bit of a thing there. Now, coming in third is the death of actor Michael Gambon, the Harry Potter actor, among many other things. 
Wow. Third this week. Uh, and it died yesterday, so that could maybe get up to top. Well, that's quite surprising. I would have uh, thought. Well, ce- celebrity deaths go well on the music.com.au. They certainly do. Mm. Yes, not that we like reporting no. on them, but uh, but certainly people are interested in reading them, that's for sure. That was third. Fourth was the Dally M Awards. Uh, now, special mention... I want to say this weekend for one of the search terms which got over 20,000 searches on Monday in Australia was Travis Kelsey. Now, if you've never heard of Travis Kelsey, K-E-L-C-E, Travis Kelsey is a player for the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL in America. Now, I do like American sports, so I'm very aware of Travis Kelsey. Why is he in the Google searches in Australia? Because who was watching... The Kansas City Chiefs game on Monday, Australian time with Travis Kelsey's mum, Taylor Swift. Which leads, of course, to the fact that there is a relationship between Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Greeny, I know more about Travis Kelsey than I know about Taylor Swift. But I'm guessing that uh, that's a big deal in the music world. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those ones that uh, at some point you wonder whether you're reporting on... <laughs> something that's real or something that that actually happened or, or even if it did happen, where's the news value? We, we constantly talk about these things, particularly with Britney Spears at the moment. Yes. Uh, Britney Spears goes on Instagram juggling knives. Is that a music story? <laughs> and we've kind of gone, no, it's not. It's uh, Britney Spears' mental health. If, if Britney Spears wants to put a single out, then let's yes, have a chat about a very it. Good but, point. but for us, uh, yeah, that's we'll, a great point. we'll leave that one for... Yeah, then that's, and that, and that's what good publishers do. They make responsible decisions. Yeah, you know? I think Taylor Swift, the same thing. If, 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 yeah. if, if she comes out and decides to announce a relationship, then great. But because she sat next to somebody and TMZ decides to make a deal out of it, We'll probably steer clear of that. Let's see if she goes to the Chiefs game this weekend. Now, let's finish off Greeny with the magazine covers, the celebrity magazine covers. And it's been a massive, massive week for the celebrity covers, of course. I'm going to start with Woman's Day. And I'm not surprised because I'm across all these things, Greeny. The number one in Woman's Day is heartbroken Hugh Jackman fighting for the truth. There's a picture of Hugh looking um, uh, a bit unhappy. I think he knows the truth, doesn't he? I think he probably does. Probably better than most uh, of the celebrity magazines do. But I am not surprised because I'd imagine that the Hugh Jackman... Uh, Deborah Lee Furness marriage has been one that's uh, been a celebrity one for many years. So that's Woman's Day. Now, of course, we've got royals on there, Beatrice and Eugenie, exiled from Palace. I don't know what they've done, but they're out. Exiled's just one of those words that makes you feel... It's like the royals back in the 15th (laughs) century, right? It feels like something that you'd be exiled (laughs) through the drawbridge and, and... Drawn and quartered, taken to the dungeon. That's true. (laughs) Now, the sleeper story of the week is former Wheel of Fortune host, baby John Burgess, is apparently in a TV feud with Graham Norton. And this is the one story that I am... I'm going to go looking at yeah, what, look, what this really is. How John Burgess and Graham Norton got into a TV feud, if, well, even Norton's, if they have. Norton's doing the new version of Wheel of Fortune. Oh, there's trouble. You're across so the I, stuff. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Having not read the story, I reckon Burjo's gone on a crappy breakfast radio show <laughs> and they've said to him, would you like to be hosting Wheel of Fortune? And he said, yes. 
And here we are, TV's most bizarre feud. Well, there we go. That's It's got it all. Now, new idea, Greeny? New idea. What do we got on that? Well, th- this is uh, missing royal jewels. Oh, well. Who do you think, out of all the royals that, that probably flog stuff, <laughs> who, do you, who do you reckon we're going to be pointing the finger at? No, nah, well, I, I'm not because this is not a show that does uh, defamation at all. So well, it, says, uh, it says, where are Diana's diamonds? Oh, so it's not oh, us doing it. It's not no, us doing no, the defamation we're just reporting here. what's it's, there. It's new idea that's... And I don't know where Diana's diamonds might be. No, we don't know, but they're missing. But th- there's a big circle around uh, the finger there. Of Meghan Markle. Well, it is uh, mystery, celebrity. I don't know what they're trying to allege there. Mystery and celebrity all wrapped up into one. Uh, what else is on the front cover? Do we have any uh, Hugh Jackman news on the new idea? Uh, we do. His best mate tells all. Guess what? Hang on, hang on, hang on. This is a big one. Yeah. He deserves to be happy. Oh, really? Yeah. Well. But well. I, I think the, the biggest thing, and there's... The exclamation point, and this is, uh, there was, was an exclamation point after the missing jewels, um, but the second most exclaimed is cheesy and easy, dinner in a flash. Oh, these, this is good. I, I like these types of meals. Mm. This is magnificent. It looks like something my kids would eat. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in. <laughs> You're there. All of the celebrity mags. Green, are you going to join us again next week? Do you want me to? You'll be back. You'll be isn't, back. Isn't Jordan back? The week after, I think. All right. Well, in that case, you're stuck with me again. Thanks, Greeny. Yeah.